Good morning, good morning, good morning. Man, what a weekend it has been. So much to review. I don't even know where to begin with y'all, to be honest. I mean, from the Conor McGregor and Khabib fight, what a phenomenal UFC pay-per-view that was. Uh, from the Cleveland Browns rallying, uh, get their second W of the season. Baker Mayfield may be the prodigy that everyone's been looking forward in Cleveland. And Nick Saban just never stops whining. Unfortunately, it's not about his team, though. It's some particular reason it's about the fans. I don't get it. But let's jump right into it nonetheless. Let's try. Let's uh, break it down Saturday. So Saturday, we had... I mean, man, there was the fight. Let's get... It's... Man, I I called it like I see it. I'm a fan of both men. Phenomenal fighters. But when you get down to it, when it comes to the Conor McGregor... Excuse me. Conor McGregor, phenomenal fighter. Uh, great promoter. Uh, you don't see that too much nowadays in fights. You know, just fighting anything, boxing, MMA. But... <sighs> Uh, everyone won overall when it comes to that UFC pay-per-view. Phenomenal fights. Um, you know, I don't know what the revenue was yet. I haven't looked into it, but let's just be real for a second. For all the McGregor fans out there, I get it. You know, it's someone like that that talks trash and is able to back it up from time to time. It's cool to see. You know, it's fun to watch. But nonetheless, man, when you're out of the octagon for two years and your last fight was a boxing match against Floyd Mayweather back in August of 2017, what do you expect? I don't care how good you are, how great you can be, or what you've done in the past. Man, it's one thing of being in shape and then lifting heavy or this and that. But when it comes to fighting, it's a whole different aspect, man. I mean, when you haven't fought in two years... And especially facing someone like Khabib, who was 26-0 going into that fight. I mean, you need a tune-up fight, man. And just, you know, just to test the waters, see where you're at. You know, you know, he's still in his prime. He's 30 years old. You know, but Khabib is just a different animal, man. He's, uh, I don't know what uh, the nickname they give him, but he's he's a phenomenal fighter. He's 27-0. And when he, I, after that first round, I just knew, like, Khabib had it. That was my prediction going into the fight. It was, you could just tell after the first round, McGregor was tired already. He was breathing heavy. And that's why me and it's like, yeah, you think you're in shape, but in fighting condition, different story. So it's just, the only worry I had was if McGregor is able to, you know, pull some magic out and be able to knock him out standing up. But even then, Khabib was able to stand with him. So that was impressive, impressive in itself. And come second round, once Khabib was able, you know, to take him down, you could just tell who the physical force was. It's just Khabib is just he was so much more stronger, uh, and yet at the same time, light on the ground. Uh, Connor just couldn't get off the ground. He's never been known to be a great wrestler. It showed in the uh, Nate Diaz fight the first time they fought. You know, McGregor, you know, he won the first round against Diaz, but once that that game got taken to the ground, Nate Diaz is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Uh, He's dangerous on the ground. Anyone with that kind of knowledge and background, it's going to be dangerous uh, off the ground, and that's what happened. Connor's 
he's like a turtle on his back. You know, it's it's hard for him to get back up. And when you have someone that's a great wrestler and great grappler, especially in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. But with that being said, uh, fight phenomenal, whole pay-per-view. Derek Lewis, man, that big fella. Anyone that hasn't didn't see that fight or hasn't seen the clips yet on social media, um, <laughs> yeah, I love Derek Lewis because just the way he is, and you know, <laughs> the way I, I was ta- I was with my buddy watching the fights, and it's just like, at best he can do two rounds because he's just one of those heavyweight, you know, slobber knockers that you know it's just either he's gonna lose by decision because he gets tired. Because his condition's never been great. But, man, he's definitely showed his heart. Because coming that third round, he was just gassed. But it's just like he was losing going to the third round. And somehow he just had that willpower and was able to catch catch his man with the knockout. I can't remember the dude's name. It was some Russian. I know that. It's a hard name to pronounce yet alone. But, man, he, he knocked him out with 11 seconds to spare in the third and final round. And... What a comeback that was. That was definitely, def, probably knockout of the night. Um, but, man, it's just. And then the to- Tony Ferguson, Anthony Pettis fight, great fight. Um, I wish we could have saw a third round, but it ended uh, technically by TKL. But it was just more of, you know, Anthony Pettis, he broke his hand. And, um, man, that's that's hard for any kind of fighter. I don't care who you are. When you break your hand going to the third and final round, it's just like, it's like, can you really grind this out for five more minutes or do you want to risk the chance of, you know, of injury, uh, being further sidelined, you know, from this, from this kind of thing. So it, it was, it, it was a solid fight for both fighters and, uh, Tony Ferguson probably, he, he might be the next man line up probably considering the fact that. Uh, he was lightweight champion. Now, now it's Khabib. So it's just you know, but Tony Ferguson got sidelined with the injury, and then they had to strip the title away because he was gone for too long, at least over a year. So he's probably going to be back up in the lineup and uh, for the lightweight contention against Khabib, and probably Kevin Lee too. I'm, I like Kevin Lee. He's a young up, up and comer, great fighter. Uh, likes to talk some trash, and he can back it up, though. I mean, he was, uh, for those who don't know Kevin Lee, he went to Grand Valley State University, and he was into wrestling. But um, soon after, I th- he did like a year or two, he really wasn't digging it. And he was just like, eh, this ain't me. I like the MMA aspect. I'm going to get into it now. So that's what he did. He dropped out. And since you already have a wrestling background, you just got to learn to stand up. And he's been pretty solid for the most part in stand up. Uh, great young man. Uh, he's in his prime. God, I think he's like my age. He's like 25, 26, somewhere around there. Uh, originally from Detroit. But it's cool to see someone like that, you know, just come from uh, familiar areas that you've been to and whatnot. Especially, in the, yet alone, anyone from the state of Michigan, it's cool. So, um they call him the Motown Phenom, but he, he'll probably be up there soon enough. He's rising in the ranks. But uh, let's get right into it, though. It can't be ignored. It's been t- talked about all week. The brawl the brawl at the end was nuts. Um, 
I don't even know what to say to that, to be honest. I mean, it was like, I don't know, it was, it was so surreal. Like, it happened so quick. That was the thing. Like, I didn't get it because it was like, we're there at the bar. We're watching the fight. He submits them. Connor taps, and that's it. And then Khabib, I think he just took all that anger and all that frustration that, you know, Connor was talking because, truth be told, he did take it pretty far talking about his religion, his family, this and that, and, you know, eventually, you know, I think it was just he, all, uh, just in the moment kind of thing, he let his emotions get the best of him, and uh, one of Connor's guys was talking trash outside the octagon, and Khabib responded and <laughs> leaped the cage, but I just didn't, I don't know, I, and I'm not one to judge, because, you know, we all had our emotional reactions without thinking so it happens do i think he should be stripped of his title absolutely not i mean shit happens folks we we messed up he messed up he apologized he owned up to it he's a man he's a good guy and you know he seems like a very humble guy and he's quiet for the most part so um you know so it's just i don't know and truth be told i really can't blame him when you know you're muslim and McGregor's ripping on your faith and calling him a terrorist and all this, you know, just anti-religion or whatever you want to call it. It's just like, yeah, eventually, you know, it's just, uh, it was a ticking time bomb. It was going to happen if Khabib uh, did beat him. And so, um, what I didn't get, what didn't make sense, and you got to think the premise, you know, it's Las Vegas, Saturday night. Folks are getting rowdy. They got sides. You got, you know, Team McGregor, Team Khabib. And so it's just like, I don't know. At the end of the fight, they got caught up in the moment when that happened with that whole brawl. So I'm seeing videos of other fans fighting and whatnot outside, inside. So it's just like, oh, God. It's just like, really? So, so I mean, most definitely 90% of his probably alcohol related so but i don't know it's just the brawls happen hasn't been the first time uh it's definitely not something that's you know should be accepted considering we're you're literally dealing with professional fighters and they're basically you know clarified as lethal weapons so but uh nonetheless khabib came out on top submitted mcgregor in the third round um Connor, you know, he he already tweeted about something. He want he want he wants a rematch, but I don't know if he wants that type of smoke. I mean, man, it's just Khabib's twenty seven and zero, man, and it, it, I I don't know. I think Connor just you know he needs to chill out, fight someone else, kind of get his confidence back up, and then go for Khabib. It's just it's kind of like when you're how can I say this. It's kind of like take the situation of the Larry Holmes Muhammad Ali fight, right? So back in 1980, uh, around this time of October, uh, Larry Holmes in his prime, he was about 35 and 0 heavyweight champ. They offer Muhammad Ali eight mil, eight million dollars, which God, that that was back in the late 70s. So God knows how much that is now. They offered him eight mil to come out of retirement and fight Larry Holmes, right? Big money fight. You know, you got 
a young up-and-comer, um, current heavyweight champion. Dude's, he's knocking people out, undefeated. And then bring back the man who's been so mystified and so just, how can I say... He just, he's able to, you know, pull the rabbit out of the hat when it comes to certain situations like this. So they pull, Ali accepts the fight, gets out two, two years later, he's 38 years old, but it's not the Ali that we, we known, right? Um, it's been two years since his last fight, his last victory over Leon Spinks, and then, you know, he walked off in the sunlight, or the, uh, the sunset, I should say, and that should have been it. But, you know, it's just, I'm not the one to tell someone who can and cannot retire what they should or should not do. I'm not God. But a lot of people said what made Ali come back is the mirror itself. He said he would look in the mirror and he was just so, you know, he was so confident in himself. He's, you know, he's so well, he was just so full of himself. Not so much, you know ignorance but just a lot of prideful and you have to believe like you look at his resume he's done it against Frazier he's done it against Foreman so you got to think uh, you know he's gonna do it again he did against Liston he I mean he he pulled off like three fights where everyone thought he should have been dominated you know what I mean so comes out two years later you know kind of similar scenario where he got stripped of his heavyweight belt before coming back and fighting Foreman with uh, the Rumble in the Jungle. I think it was. I can't remember. But either way, comes out of retirement two years later and just gets decimated by Holmes. And they call the fight at the end end of the 11th round. (sighs) Um, But it's kind of in that similar scenario. You come out, I don't care how great you are, it don't matter, two years later, you know, you're going to be rusty, man. And especially if facing someone as lethal like a Larry Holmes or Khabib, whether you're in your prime or not, it's going to be dangerous. That's, that's a dangerous waters that you're swimming swimming in. So it's, uh, it's you know, boxing, MMA, it's all the same. You, you stay away from the game so long, you got you got to pick and choose your fight instead of returning in returning and fighting the best man in the game so but with that being said uh we can take a quick little break we're gonna review this past week of college football and the nfl and you are listening to injury reserve Welcome back. This is Andrew Reserve with your host, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. So I heard a little thing last week about Nick Saban, uh, little St. Nick, and uh, it seems like this dude's never, like, happy or satisfied. I get it. As a coach, when you run a big program like that, you got to stay hungry. You got to stay focused. No doubt. I got that. But the way he manages it, he doesn't do it in the best way. Like, it's just, you know, with the interview earlier this year with the girl asking, like, you know, what's the quarterback situation? And just, you get an attitude. It's like, we get it. But it's just like, 
I don't care who you are at the end of the day. Stay humble, you know, even when people are kind to you and you get irritated at the question. Just, you know, keep that same energy that people give the energy to you. You know what I mean? So, uh, this past weekend, they throttled Arkansas 65-31. And the week before that, against Louisiana Lafayette, they, you know, 56-14. They've just been killing teams lately. Um... The, they've been scoring 40 or more points a game. Uh, their lowest, the lowest amount of points they put up was 45 against Texas A&M. And let's be real for a second. The SEC ain't what it used to be. Uh, Ten years ago, it was dangerous. Uh, it was like the Wild Wild West, right? Nowadays, it's like, eh, it's meh. You know what I mean? It's just, it's basically just Georgia... Bama, uh, maybe a good team comes out of nowhere like Florida this year. They're solid for the most part, and LSU, um, Auburn. They they haven't been relevant since really Cam Newton. Um, but the week before Louisiana Lafayette, it's fifty six. They end up winning fifty six fourteen, and Nick Saban complains how the student section is lax a days ago. It's just like, what does that have to do with your coaching? What does that have to do with your program? I get it. The seats were empty. But it's just like, you're facing Louisiana Lafayette. Who wants to go see a number one ranked team face a nobody team probably ranked 109 in the nation? It's just like, who? nobody wants to go see that. I wouldn't want to go see that. You you probably have to pay me to go see that. No one it's and it's just I don't get I don't get his his thought process. Just because I, I mean you guys won. Get over it. You have Alabama doesn't face anyone legit until start November. Next two games, they'll kill Missouri, they'll kill Tennessee, then they got LSU, and they'll probably beat LSU because LSU's always overhyped and overrated. And they got Mississippi State, then they got Citadel. And then Auburn. Auburn might give them a fight considering the fact that that rivalry and that history, the whole War Eagle thing. That's not to the last game of the season, November 24th. SEC's junk hasn't been what it used to be. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not taking any credit away from Bama because they're a scary team. But let's be real. I mean, they haven't faced anyone either. So, But with that being said... Bama continues to roll on, no pun intended. Um, Some other uh, news, Mike Stoops, uh, Oklahoma Sooners defensive coordinator, he's gone uh, after their disaster this past week. Um, But uh, that being said, I'm just going over. Uh, Florida did pull out the upset against LSU uh, this past weekend. 27-19, 27-19, hell of a game. Um, Notre Dame ended up pulling away the second half against Virginia Tech, which was crazy because, I mean, it's 17-16. You're going in the first half, and I don't know, you're at home. Like, you would think, you know, give at least a field goal game, maybe touchdown, but Notre Dame pulled away. They're looking solid. You know, they're getting a little bit better each week. Uh, they were a little rusty. Uh, night, you know, it's, I'm not even talking about the Michigan game either. Just overall, a couple a couple weeks they were struggling, but they seem to finally get their rhythm going. Same thing with Michigan. Um, I'm still gonna be uh, 
questionable them. They they beat Maryland. Uh, they were three and one going into the, this game. Uh, 42-21. Shea Patterson looks solid. He he looks like the quarterback that we finally, you know, been looking for. Um, he's definitely um, how can I say this? Definitely not the quarterback that we had last year. That's for sure. Um, not who was it? Uh, Jake O'Corn or something O'Corn. Either way, it wasn't wasn't the quarterback that fit that fit our system. Defense is solid, top five in the nation. Um, Texas A and M upsets Kentucky. Thirteenth uh, ranked Kentucky, twenty fourteen. Miami barely beats Florida State in their rivalry, twenty eight twenty seven. Northwestern, man, they um. They beat Michigan State this past week in 29-19. That one surprised me. Um, as I review it, this is why I forgot to re- review. Um, you know, if you look at them, Northwestern's really not that bad of a team. They're okay. They'll probably go, they'll finish the season probably 7-5. At best, maybe 8-4. But, I mean, they give teams, a, you know, hell. I mean, they, they fight. I mean, they, they beat Purdue 31-27. They lost to Duke 21-7. Uh, they lost to Akron 39-34. That that's probably a game they should have should have won. And they should I can't lie, they should have beat Michigan too. I mean, that's back-to-back weeks where you beat ranked teams. Uh uh they only lost by a field goal, you know what I mean? So they take on Nebraska. They they're going to be one of those teams that it's like, "Eh, don't overlook them." I'm not saying they're, you know, they're going to make some noise in the conference, but they're a tough team. They'll they'll give you they'll give you hell, no doubt. Oh man. But this past week's been crazy. It's just <clears throat> uh, the Red River, uh, Red River rivalry. Oh God, say that three times. Texas and Oklahoma. What a shootout that was, um, man. Uh, forty-eight to forty-five. Texas pulls out the W. And like I said, uh, Stoops out as defensive coordinator for Oklahoma. And man, I whew. Uh, Texas was able to give Oklahoma their first L of the season. That game was wild. Uh, but the, uh, <laughs> it's it's nuts because it was it was twenty four to seventeen going in the first half, and then they pull away in the third quarter with three touchdowns. Right, so you got to picture this. It's like you know it's it's forty five to what is that forty five to twenty four? Right. <laughs> And Oklahoma rallies too. They they rally back and they tie the game up and just to lose by a field goal near the end. So, um, Mississippi State upsets number eight Auburn twenty three nine. Oh man. Um, but for all you Michiganders out there, including myself, the real test comes up these next couple weeks for Michigan football. Um, we got Wisconsin. They rank 15th in the nation. So, big top 25 battle for us. Uh, it's going to be a late afternoon game, around 4.30 ABC. So, um, Wisconsin always gives us, you know, they, they give us, they, they're, they're a hard-fought fought team, too. They're always in the mix. And after that, uh, depending on how well that game goes, um, we got to go to East Lansing against Michigan State. Um, 
record past couple of years that hasn't been solid. <laughs> um, Harbaugh, he's um, I believe what is he? He's like one and three, or one and two, or whatever. He's below five hundred against uh, the Spartans and uh, D'Antoni. So, um, of course, that game's always going to be. It's a robbery. That game's going to be a nail-biter. I can already see it now. Then you got Penn State. Penn State whooped our asses last last year. So hopefully it's, uh, Michigan's still bitter about that. Hopefully, you know, get that re- revenge mentality. Then they got uh, finished out the season at Rutgers, Indiana, and then, of course, the Ohio State and Buckeye Nation. So... Uh, they're ranked second in the nation, and if things go well, who knows? But it's one week at a time, one game at a time. Um, Michigan, as of today, they're ranked twelfth in the nation. Uh, so yeah, it's I don't know. It's gonna be it's a Big Ten championship right now. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you got Ohio State, and Michigan in the East, and Penn State. Uh, uh, that uh, I feel like they should divide that division up because that division is just so top heavy, just with Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State alone. Even Michigan State. Um, and then you got the West. You just got Wisconsin, really. Um, uh, everyone else is kind of just like yeah, they're just there. I mean, Iowa is four and one, so can't overlook Iowa either. But, uh, God. In a biased opinion, of course, I want to say Michigan in a Big Ten title game, but I don't know, man. Uh, if Hopefully this, this is the year. Hopefully Harbaugh just needs to stop messing around, bring, taking those kids to Rome in the summertime, but uh, who knows. But that being said, uh, I'm going to take a quick little break. We're going to review this past week of the NFL. You are listening to Engine Reserve. Welcome back to Injured Reserve. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, I think one of the uh, eye-openers of this past week for the NFL was Detroit uh, be, uh, pulling the upset, I guess you, uh, if you say, uh, if you will. At home, against Green Bay, you would think, all right, you know, they had their one little miracle game against New England, that'd be it. But no, I mean, they go home and, hey, they're standing at 2-3 and three right now. In the NFC North, they beat Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay, you know. So it's just like, wow. I mean, I think I feel like Kieran Johnson, the rookie out of Auburn, the running back for Detroit, uh, he has a lot of uh, he has a lot of potential. Um, be able to take that pressure off of Stafford a little bit. He's never really had a true running game with him. Uh, Detroit hasn't really had a solid running back and. The last good running back for Detroit was Barry Sanders, really. But, um, I mean, Detroit just you know, he come, came out hot off the gates, 24-0 in the first half. And then, of course, Green Bay rallied. But sure enough, I mean, Green Bay put up 23 in the second half. but well, just wasn't enough. Detroit put the nail in the coffin, scored a touchdown in the fourth. Stafford, 14-26, 183 yards, two touchdowns. Rodgers just... Has a cannon, 32-52, 40, 42 yards, three passing touchdowns. 
Um, Devontae Adams, his primary target for Rodgers, nine receptions, 140 yards, one touchdown. But, I mean, Detroit has a bye next week, so we'll see how the NFC North stands out. But right now, I think a lot of people are, are uh, underestimating Chicago Bears. Ever since they picked up Cleo Mack, that defense is something else. And uh, Mitchell Trubisky is starting to pick things up. I, I can't lie. I think uh, my prediction on him earlier this year was uh, wrong. I'm, I'll man up to that. Um, he's he's playing very solid for Chicago. I can't lie. I mean, they're standing. I, I realize we're only a quarter away, uh, only a quarter into the season, but they're three and one. You know, and um, Trubisky, he's uh, he's 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 getting the job done. Uh, eight touchdowns, three picks, seventy uh, percent completion percentage. And like I said, man, ever since they picked up Cleo Mack, it's just it's just like wow. Like, I mean, it, he's just an animal. Leads the team in sacks with five sacks. It's just. Man, that, that the defense is scary. Uh, it's amazing how one player can turn around and significantly impact one defense. So I know uh, the Raider Nation is definitely uh, regretting that, no doubt. But um, Pittsburgh was able to, you know, run away against Atlanta, forty-one seventeen. Tony Brown had a big game. Uh, James Conner, he was all over the place, running, running like a madman over a hundred yards. <clears throat> two touchdowns uh, receiving. He was even put up some solid numbers. Juju Smith put in a touchdown. Um, really curious how tonight's going to go, though, for Monday night. Washington against New Orleans. Uh, Washington 2-1, New Orleans 3-1. Uh, I still stick with my early prediction, though. I still think New Orleans goes to the Super Bowl this year. I think Breeze grabs one more, and then I think he'll ride off into the sunset and retire. That's my prediction. Um, New England beat uh, Indy 38-24. Miami, man, they they came out hot off the gates too, and then they end up up blowing that lead against Cincy. They lost 27-17. Carolina beat the Giants 33-31, a nail-biter. Kansas City was surprising. I thought for sure Jacksonville, you know, it's one thing to see Patrick Mahomes last week, you know, for the first time in his career um, face adversity in competition when it comes to the Denver defense. Of course, it's not the Denver defense that we known, you know, during the Peyton Manning era, you know what I mean? But there's Denver's defense is still very solid. Um, I don't have the stats from me, but I'm assuming they're top 10 overall in the NFL. But Jacksonville's defense is another story. But the fact that Patrick Mahomes was able to uh, do what he did against Jacksonville, Jacksonville, thirty to fourteen, you know. But uh, he did throw two picks. But for a rookie quarterback, I mean, hey, twenty-two, thirty-eight, three hundred yards—that's still amazing. Uh, the question is, is with Blake Bortles, you know, Kansas City's defense is good too, but not like. Not good enough to pick off, uh, you know, four interceptions. So is it, is it a Blake Bortles thing, or was Kansas City just, you know, just having their day? Cream Hunt, solid day, twenty-two carries, eighty-seven yards, one touchdown. Travis Kelsey, five receptions, over a hundred yards. Uh, but man, uh, it's crazy. I mean, hey, New England six and zero. Jacksonville sits at three and two. 
But uh, I don't know. We've seen this Kansas City Chiefs before. You know, back in you know the past couple of years, they'll start off season hot, five and zero, six and zero, nine and zero, and then they you know they wet the bed come division round of the playoffs. So gotta stay hesitant, but. You know, still, uh, for any Chiefs fans out there, I think you you all found your guy in Patrick Mahomes. He's got a lot of weapons, Kareem Hunt, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsky, Kelsey. That's uh, a very dangerous, young, and talented team. Kansas City, um, I think they go to the conference championship this year. I think they'll finally get over that hump. Andy Reid's a great coach. I think he, you know, he likes Mahomes. Um, so, but... Um, I don't know. I I still I think it would be. Um, I think it's we we might see this rematch. We might see Jacksonville and Kansas City again, but it'd be a different story, very different story. Um, but oh man, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Cleveland Baker Mayfield leads that final drive uh, against Baltimore in the overtime. Um. 12-9, there was literally one touchdown the entire game with Baker Mayfield throwing a touchdown. This was very surprising as well, right next to Detroit and Green Bay game. Uh, I don't know what was going on with Joe Flacco. Um, he's been playing hot all year, and all of a sudden against Cleveland, you know, 29-56, 298 yards and one pick. And it's like, uh, like I don't know. Mayfield played better than him, put it that way. 25-43, 342 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Um, but I don't know. Uh, very low-scoring game. Like I said, they, you know, the Browns hit the game-winning field goal in OT. They get their second W of the season. Um, AFC North, is it's interesting. It's very interesting. Everyone's above 500. Uh, Pitt stands at 2-2-1, two, two Cleveland 2-2-1. Two, two Baltimore three and two, Cincy four and one. So AFC North, I mean, this ain't the Cleveland team. Um, you know, I mean, I don't think they'll reach, they'll finish five hundred, but I think they'll go six and ten. Uh, Baker Mayfield will have a solid season. They might have their guy. I think, you know, I I was hesitant on Baker Mayfield as well. A lot of people just don't like him just because of who he was as a guy in college at uh, Oklahoma. He's very cocky, and but. Um, I think uh, he might be that dude uh, uh, for Cleveland. I'd be right now. I'd be pretty content with him at quarterback, no doubt, no doubt about that. Uh, and then uh, last night, the Dallas Cowboys and uh, Houston Texans game. Um, a lot of questionable. You know, Deshaun Watson played great. Uh, I'm not questioning him. I like Deshaun Watson a lot. Uh, Thirty-three of forty-four, three hundred seventy-five yards, one touchdown, one pick. Dak Prescott has been iffy. He's on and he's off. He's too inconsistent. 18 and 29, 208 yards, one touchdown, two picks. And then it's just like, do you really want this guy to lead you to the promised land? Do you think he can lead you to the promised land? Because Ezekiel Elliott can only do so much. Dak Prescott doesn't operate in good conditions if Ezekiel Elliott doesn't produce. Plain and simple. Zeke, uh, 20 carries, 54 yards. That ain't going to get the job done. You know, bare, only you know, averaging two and a half yards, some change, whatever. DeAndre Hopkins went off, nine receptions, hundred fifty-one yards. Um, but um, overtime, Houston able to pull off a thirty-six-yard field goal, get that W. Uh, Dallas, uh, they're two and three on the season. 
<clears throat> Phillies two and three as well with their loss against Minnesota. Uh, New York uh, bringing up the rear at one and four. Washington, uh, they could take advantage if they take this W against New Orleans, but I think New Orleans will take it. Uh, they win 31 to 20. Tennessee sits at top the AFC South, three and two. Jacksonville three and two. Houston two and three. And then the Colts one and four. Um, Colts, I don't know what they want to do with Andrew Luck or that talent in general. Uh, they've been a mess. Uh, They've been kind of iffy. They had that one little run with Andrew Luck in the playoffs, and then that was it. Other than that, Indy hasn't been consistent since Peyton Manning. So they got some kinks to work out as well. But uh, I don't know. It's uh, It'd be hard being a Colts fan right now. Uh, they, they don't have an identity, put it that way. But, uh, but with that being said, um, that's the last segment of the day. Um, I appreciate y'all uh, listening in. I'm going to try and be consistent. Uh, school's just been crazy lately. But uh, by the way, uh, for all my nerds out there, the Venom movie, go check it out. It's great. I give it a 7.5 out of 10. I love it. I'm a Tom Hardy fan, so I'm going to be a little bit biased. But Venom was dope. Don't listen to Rotten Tomatoes or any of the other critics out there. They, they are terrible at giving their ratings. Rotten Tomatoes gave it like a 32%. I loved it. Uh, Tom Hardy was great. The whole movie was just awesome. CGI was it was smooth. It was you know it wasn't cheap, so it was a good movie. You know what I mean. And even box office, they led you know this week at, at eighty mil. So, but definitely check out Venom. You know I uh, like I said seven point five out of ten. Great movie. Stay for the credits. You're gonna want to see the credits. Of course, it's a typical Marvel movie. Um, I hope they make another or somehow intercourse him with Spider Man. So, but we probably won't see that until like 2021. That's just a guess. But with that being said, I hope you all have a great week. And this is Injured Reserve. This is Mitchell Anderson signing off.